Hey guys, welcome to Backlot Review, an official part of the Backlot Podcast Network. In this episode, Nick and I are talking about Avengers Endgame and overall thoughts of what we think about the film and the MCU as a whole. I just want to let you guys know and apologize beforehand that during the recording of this episode, both of us were experiencing some technical difficulties with our microphones. And you can tell that at certain points in the recording, you can hear our microphones cut off at certain times. We tried our best to patch that up in uh, post-production as best as we can to clear up the worst parts of it. But you could still tell in some parts here and there. We would just like to apologize on our behalf and uh, we're working on it so uh, that doesn't happen again. Um, again, we're sorry about that, uh, but we hope you guys enjoy the episode. Well, here it is. Our review on Avengers Endgame. He used the stones again. We'd be going in short-handed, you know? Look, he's still got the stones, so... So let's get him. Use them to bring everyone back. Just like that? Yeah, just like that. Even if there's a, a small chance that we can undo this, I mean, we owe it to everyone who's not in this room to try. If we do this, how do we know it's gonna end any differently than it did before? Because before you didn't have me. Hey, new girl, everybody in this room is about that superhero life. And if you don't mind my asking, where the hell have you been all this time? There are a lot of other planets in the universe. And unfortunately, they didn't have you guys. I like this one. All right, so this is actually our first film review. Now that yeah, I, I now that I think about it, you know, all the other reviews that we've done have been for Game of Thrones, which there hasn't really been any any big films, uh, like out in theaters lately. But what better way to start off than with Avengers Endgame? So, <sighs> Avengers <Yeah>. Endgame. <laughs> this is the twenty third film. Twenty second. Twenty second. Okay, the 22nd film in the Avengers saga. We have the Infinity Saga, to be exact. Yeah, the Infinity Saga. Um, long awaited um, by us, by many, as you can see. $1.2 billion opening weekend. Worldwide. Dude, that yeah, was... Worldwide. Jesus. Like, that was just... And it still won't beat Avatar. I don't I, think it I will. Mean, I don't think... I think it's going to be number two, but... What's number just... two? Right now it's Force Awakens, right? Um... Sure I don't it's know. It might be, but it's just Avatar is, dude. I don't understand. <laughs> like, how okay. is Avatar not like <laughs> Jesus? Because Avatar. Wait, are you like actually asking, or is that like rhetorical? Like, I just, it just amazes me how. Because I mean, I remember Avatar when it came out, the hype, but it's just. It was I, the technology, bro. People have literally yeah. never seen anything like it. Yeah. Remember, Avatar spearheaded the whole 3D movement. That's and true. And to this day, Avatar, besides like gravity, is really like the only movie I can think of that really benefited from being in 3D. Yeah. Um, it was just something that people had never seen before. And also, TD ticket prices are much more than more, normal yeah. ticket prices. So that played a huge part in, in Avatar's growth. Um, and... Avatar had like no competition for like two months in theaters. That's so it true. had really good legs. Which whereas for Endgame, I know you're probably gonna laugh, but Detective Pikachu comes out next week. Everybody who wanted to see this movie is going to see it in the first week, maybe two. Like it's one of those movies that you know everyone that has waited, that is waiting and waiting and waiting to see it, is gonna see it in the first week, maybe like as soon two. As possible. Yeah, exactly. I agree, and I think it's. I think this movie is going to be really um, front loading, um, mm -hmm. and I still think it's going to make money towards, like after like the first month, but mainly from people who want to rewatch it to pick up on what they missed out on the first time they watched it. Yeah. I know I'm going to watch it a second time. I think Thursday night. 
mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch it a, a second time because I'm sure there's stuff that I missed out on. Because when when you're caught up in the hype, things pass you by, like little details, yeah. things that that um, characters might have said that you didn't hear. So you really do pick up a lot. Um, so I think I, I was gonna say Rose is really gonna pick up from people watching it a second time. I mean, Avengers Endgame right now is tenth all time right now with 1.4 billion dollars as of wednesday may 1st wow (laughs) so yeah i think the top three it's avatar at 2.78 billion titanic at 2.1 titanic is still number two force awakens at 2 billion uh avengers avengers infinity war at 2 billion uh what else jurassic world the My Avengers, God, the first one. Jurassic World. Yeah, Furious 7, and then Avengers Endgame. Oh, wait, Avengers Endgame actually is one, two. It's eighth right now, not ten. Jurassic World is fifth. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, it's well worth it, though. I will say that. They, yeah. uh, Marvel Studios did it. Yeah, they, this... Uh, a feat like this has never been never been done before. I don't think will ever be done ever again. At least not on the scale of success and quality, that consistent quality mm-hmm. that Marvel's put out. Because uh, say what you will about Thor, Thor Two, Incredible Hulk, um, those movies aren't outright bad movies. Like in Marvel standards, they're bad. I'd say they're like below average. Mm-hmm. But like they're not like, I don't know. They're not like uh, Batman vs Superman bad or like Justice no, League yeah, bad. Exactly. Yeah, like, those are just terrible. straight up bad movies. Yeah, yeah. These are they're watchable. But yeah. my point is, this has never been done before. So, and I think a lot of the successes on that lie in Marvel Studios, or I'd say the success of Marvel Studios, lies on the producer Kevin Feige. Yeah, man. They had a plan, but they, you know, they never really, it was never public. It was never a public plan until, you know, a few movies came out and then it started to come together like, oh crap, like this is happening. Like, and, they're trying to make something. And as a producer, to really give your directors the creative freedom that you're giving them, yet have them still follow this path that you've laid out for your studio is really impressive and it shows just how how much a producer who really cares about the product that they're making how it really comes a long way and how much having a plan comes a long way as well because when you look at star wars and you look at kathleen kennedy um which is the producer for um the lucasfilm division you could see how when disney got the rights for star wars kathleen kennedy was just like okay Let's just pump. Let's just make Star Wars movies, okay? We're gonna make a new Skywalker saga, and then we'll do like little anthology films. But she never really had a plan of like for what she wanted the Skywalker saga to be and how she wanted it to end. And mm-hmm. um, you could see that now with the Last Je- Jedi coming out, that this saga kind of felt like aimless, um, as opposed to a look at Marvel Studios. Really look at any trilogy in, in the Marvel like studios lineup. Like Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. Cap 1, 2, 3. Yeah. Thor, I guess Thor would be like the outlier. But then again, like Thor Ragnarok feels like a completely yeah, different yeah, type of yeah. movie. Yeah. So, so what did you think of Avengers Endgame? Let's just start off with that. I, I absolutely loved Avengers Endgame. Um, in my opinion... Okay, I can't say if it's the best Marvel movie yet. Um, initial reaction, initial like hype, um, I would say yes, it is. Um, but I need to watch it again to really like absorb it and to really take in everything. Um, I thought as a f- as a bookend to the Infinity Saga, uh, I thought it was beautiful. Um, I have a few minor problems with the movie that we'll get to later but beginning to end i was i was 100 percent on board i've been 
to almost every single Marvel movie opening day since Iron Man 1 came out in 2008. So these Marvel movies have played like a huge part of my life. Literally, I started watching these movies and I was like 11 years old, 12 years old. You're 22, right? I'm 22 right now. I'm 22 also. Uh, Iron Man 1 came out in what, 2008? So yeah. Damn, yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. So and and I and even before then, I, uh, I was a huge comic book fan. So growing up, I would read Marvel comics and DC comics. So Marvel's played a big part of my life. So to see this all happen, and to have this first saga, because Marvel Studios isn't done, but no, to see of this not. part of the story that they're telling come to a close, the way that it has, it's been it's been a hell of a ride. And I think Endgame was the perfect way to end it. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't really like Infinity War. I, I don't think it's very... It feels very rushed. Like, I like it, but it's just... It's really not one of my favorites. Hmm. Interesting. Like, like if I could put it in a ranking, I, it'd probably... It, it'd be in my top 10, but I would say it'd be at the back half of that for sure. Like, closer to 10. Um, it, That's interesting. I think, I think that Endgame actually... It it felt like a conclusion like it it they ended it like they they did it like i think that's what i keep saying. they did it like they were able to pull this off like it's it's amazing that they were able to do something like this um i think i think it's crazy like this is like a wild achievement that this was able to happen um i think it's just like I'm kind of I'm not gonna say I'm done with the superhero genre in all, but I'm like I'm happy. Like I don't see myself investing in another like cinematic universe like this ever again. Uh but yeah, it, they ended it they ended it the right way. Okay. Now I really don't see how we can continue talking about the movie without spoilers. So, um, Avengers Endgame spoilers starting right now. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the movie, guess watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode because we're going to be talking in depth about Avengers Endgame and also Infinity War. So, if you haven't seen Infinity War either, go watch it. All right. So, from the very beginning, this movie really played with a lot of expectations because if you've noticed, I'm assuming you saw the post-credits Captain Marvel scene, right? Where she arrives on Earth and she asks yeah, Captain yeah. America, Black Widow, where Nick Fury's been. That scene's not in the movie. The movie yeah. picks off with Iron Man and Nebula just floating around in space and Captain Marvel saves them. So it's already been established that Captain Marvel had already met with Cap and already had that introduction off screen. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then I thought seeing Tony Stark... Well, first of all, did you notice he was, like how skinny he was? Like CGI? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre- it, I thought it was, yeah. it was yeah, pretty was, damn good CGI. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like, he was clearly thinner. Um, it's just, yeah, this movie starts off... Like, the first hour of this movie is pretty dark. It's a pretty not dark, but it's just very. It's not. It's like it, very. It's, it's like it's gloomy. Dreary, it's just, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just... I think at first, when they go to Thanos's garden, mm-hmm. um, I thought the movie was going in a certain direction. That blew me by surprise, a hundred percent. I did not. Yeah. I did not think they were gonna kill off Thanos like that. Yeah, I thought. I thought that they were gonna go. To the garden, and I thought they were gonna get demolished by Thanos. Mm-hmm. Same. Um. So when I first saw Thanos kind of limping around, I was like, okay, he's probably still hurt from Infinity War. Because this is what you know. This is twenty-two days after Infinity War. Twenty-two days later. Well, Tony Stark is there also. So I'm assuming. Well, Tony Stark is, no, 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 no. Tony Stark is is home. He didn't was go he at to the, the garden. garden. Oh, he didn't go to the garden. Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah. Okay. I had maybe I had just assumed because you know Iron Man. The people who went to the, it was. Cap, Rocket, Nebula. No, I'm sorry. Cap, yeah, Cap, Rocket, Nebula, Captain Marvel, Thor, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Whoa. whoa I mean, not Scarlet whoa. Witch. I'm sorry. Black Widow. And, <laughs> yeah, Black uh, Widow. And Hulk. And well, Bruce Banner. I thought they were gonna have this big uh, fight scene where the Avengers get demolished and then they go back to Earth, kind of defeated. Mm-hmm. But 
And then you that, see Thanos kind of limping and and they chop his arm off. That was crazy. Yeah, they chopped his as soon as they chopped his arm off, I was like, holy shit, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um I honestly thought he was doing something with the reality stone. I thought he was kind of screwing with them like he did in Infinity War. Um, and then he kept not monologuing, but he was explaining like what he did with destroying the stones. And I was like, hey, this guy's for real. Mm-hmm. And then Thor, you know, chops his head off. Yeah, goes for the I head. Was, I was like, I was, I was really, I was shocked, but like a good kind of shocked because from this point on, I had no idea what to expect from the movie i had my theories but i had no idea what was going to happen yeah um, and then it's it long it's the longest marvel movie i had just under three hours of actual runtime like movie time it's like just under three hours so yeah. this all happens in like the first like 10 minutes 15 minutes yeah and then we get that you know we get the avengers endgame the opening yeah the title drop and then it says five years later yeah. Then, then you know we see Captain America with his his group his therapy session. Group, yeah, I, I thought that was a pretty neat nod to Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. um, because Sam the Falcon uh, had his own little like group uh, therapy session. Yeah. I think it was for for veterans though. Uh, so I thought that was like a pretty cool nod. This movie's filled with a bunch of nods to like older of um Avengers movies, which we'll get to later. But yeah, we it starts off there five years later, and then I think it. The scene switches right after that to Black Widow in um, the Avengers yeah. facility. And she's like on yeah. like a, a phone call with Captain Marvel, Rocket, and and uh, Rhodey. Yeah. This, uh, this film also makes a nod to like, hey, maybe what Thanos did kind of worked. Because you see, yeah. you know, we see Cap talking to her like, oh, I saw some whales, you know, on the way back. You know, the water's cleaner. Everything's yeah. cleaner now since the snap. And then they and mention she quick, yeah, she how, like, quickly, how like nature and all that stuff is kind of like, like doing good. Up. Yeah. And she quickly is like, all right, like, no, like there is no bright side to this. Like, that's it's terrible what he did. Um, yeah. And then it's established that Rhodey's actually looking for a guy, which we didn't, we completely might gloss over it, but um, oh my God, yeah, was snapped. Okay, I'm not going to say he went crazy because he clearly didn't go crazy, but um. He goes rogue. He I guess. goes rogue. Yeah, he becomes Ronan, and it's not really established what he does, uh, like who he's going after in particular as Ronan. I guess like we're just left to assume like he's just going after bad people. Yeah. And Rhodey's looking for him, and it's established that like he's done some pretty like rough shit to people because Rhodey's saying like you don't want to see what he did to them. So obviously, it's it's made pretty clear that Hawkeye has I don't want to say gone off the deep end because that makes him sound like like again like he went crazy. He's definitely turned to violence against other people, and like you know he's not really trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's under like a different alias. He's under Ronan, but um. So whatever, Black Widow decides to go after him, which I thought that scene was pretty cool. That fight scene between Ronan and the other, uh, I guess that the was- Yakuza. I- I, yeah, I guess I didn't like that one shot. Um, really? It just didn't. I don't know. Like I was watching this and I was like, oh, crap, like this is pretty cool what we're doing. But at the same time, like it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't work for me. I don't know. It was just I was watching this and I liked it. I was like, OK, this is really cool. But there was just some parts of it where I guess it just didn't. It didn't work for me. Like I just it looked kind of messy. Okay. All right. So it's also established that Iron Man is healthy now and he actually has a family. He's married with Pepper and uh, he has a daughter. I think the mm-hmm. daughter's what, like maybe like like four or five years old. She, obviously she can't be she's older than five four years or five, old. yeah. I thought that but, was pretty pretty surprising. I wasn't expecting that to be honest. Neither was I at all. And then we see Scott Lang. Yeah. Scott Lang is brought back from the quantum <laughs> realm, which I thought at first I thought it was pretty convenient. But then I mean, but it's five years the- later, like <laughs> yeah. we're only in on that one moment in that five years that he was sitting in there for five years. And you it know? also makes sense. Like you start to think like did the 14 million futures that Dr. Strange see, like was this one reliant on like that rat passing through at that exact I'm gonna moment? I'm going to assume it was. I'm, gonna, I'm going to assume that yeah, was. Yeah, I'm going to assume <laughs> that played like a huge part in like it being 14 million. But whatever, I thought that the reunion between Scott and, and Cassie was, was really well acted, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest. 
thought that was really good acting from Paul Rudd. I thought he really sold it. And then this is when the plot. This is when it starts. The yeah. This is when the movie starts. Up. Yeah. It kind of starts to pick up with the whole idea of time travel and um, Scott, Tony, and Black Widow approach. I mean, I'm sorry, Scott, Cap, and Black Widow approach Tony about time travel, and he basically turns them down. But then, yeah, um, I, I, I do like though how we see you know an Iron Man who's kind of just like. He's not destroyed, but he's kind of like, guys, like, that's it. Like, we lost. Like, there's nothing we could do about it. It's over. Like, it's different it, for him now, though, because he has a family he, now. Exactly. So he's come to terms that, like, oh, it's over. Like, I got, then he says it. He's like, I got my second chance. Which you know? I understand from his perspective. Like, I understand where he's coming from as well. Everything he ever wanted is now happening. Exactly. But we see just a few moments later that. He really can't live when he with he figures himself. out time travel. <laughs> no, yeah, when he figures out time travel is that he really can't be happy knowing that Peter is gone. Um, because he looks at the picture with him and Peter, and then that's when he kind of second guesses it. Yeah, and then he's and like, then, "Okay, maybe I'll help them." He also has that scene with Pepper. Also, once he figures out time travel, yeah, he's kind basically, of yeah, he's kind of telling her like, "Hey, please, like, t- whatever. If you tell me to not do this, I'm not gonna. I'll be okay with it." Yeah, and, and I think it was a pretty big moment for Pepper too because this is the first time throughout the whole Iron Man series she kind of has a problem with Tony being Iron Man because she doesn't yeah. want him to die. Exactly. And finally, she's kind of like, if you do this, like I'm at peace with it. Like, yeah, because she tells him, like, hey, like, not everybody got their second chance like I did. Exactly. Tony, this is when Tony Stark goes back to the Avengers facility, and the whole time travel idea is kind of born, and then they go to rebuild the team uh, mm-hmm. and when i say rebuild the team i mean they need to go get thor and they need to go get hawkeye what did you think of fat thor yeah actually it was about to, literally about to bring this up um <laughs> i honestly didn't mind it um i thought the inclusion of fat thor i thought at first uh it was just funny it mm-hmm. was like it was like really sh- like shocking humor but as the film started to go on um it became a pretty clear like metaphor for depression and how mm-hmm. uh, Thor was depressed for not being able to do more and save his people, save the universe. And deep down, Thor has a lot of guilt for not just outright killing Thanos because he could have gone for the head earlier, but he went like for his chest to kind of make Thanos suffer. Um, and I think he feels a lot of guilt deep down for that, and I think it's shown in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of didn't mind that he he was fat I really didn't expect for him to be fat throughout the whole movie. Neither did I, but you know what? I'm happy that they stuck with him being fat because had he just magically appeared to get ripped all of a sudden, that would have bothered me way more. I liked the fat Thor at first. I thought it was cool. I thought it was funny. But then throughout the movie, I don't know. It just... it. He became too much of of a punchline, do you know? It just started getting on my nerves a little bit, uh, but it didn't bother me to the point that like I hate that character. But yeah, it's just on its own is like a pretty funny idea. But I'm glad that they left Fat Thorin. Um, I'm glad that they didn't shave it like down his his weight. His fat. Yeah. But one thing, <laughs> one thing I actually did kind of have a problem with in that scene was that whole inclusion of Fortnite. Um, Yo, Fortnite is everywhere. I know. Like, jeez, yeah that that bothered me. That genuinely bothered me, and I was just like, "What?" Like, it didn't bother me so much about like, like, like I just think it's really gonna date the movie really heavily. Like, yeah, some people are gonna go when they rewatch this movie 10, 15 years down the line. They're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, Fortnite. Remember? I remember Fortnite." But then a yeah. lot of people are gonna look at it and be like. Okay, what was that? And that it's always the problem with having a lot of pop culture references in your movies. Like a lot of movies in the eighties have that problem where they yeah. try to put a bunch of eighties culture into their movies. And then when you rewatch them now, obviously if you didn't live through the eighties, you're kind of like, okay, like you don't really get it. You yeah. don't really connect with it. Um, and I think this Fortnite scene is going to have something similar happen to it. The whole, the idea behind the scene, I guess, was pretty funny. Um, I think it went on just a little too long. That um, I mean that that whole Fortnite new Master sixty nine thing. I didn't outright hate it. Whatever. 
Like, what can you do? It was the theater I watched it in. All the kids in that theater like died laughing mm-hmm. during that scene. So I guess it served its purpose. But I just yeah, I think it lasted. A, yeah. Okay. So they finally get back to the Avengers facility. The rules of their time travel are are established. So it's basically them going back in the past does not change anything because they're them going back in the past. This was their future, no matter what. Is that? I think the way that it works is that when they go back in the past, the future that they are in, like their present day, mm-hmm. does not change. Yes. What they change in the past basically branches off and basically and creates, creates like another timeline, uh, like right? another reality. Like so, it would be like two parallel timelines. Okay. So what I try to do, I try not to think of it so much as like, like of the future like when they go into the future or whatever, is that like just another like alternate dimension almost? Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking also. Okay. So they set up their teams. So it's Cap. They basically established that they're going after the Infinity, the Infinity Stones, Stones to rebuild the gauntlet before Thanos can get them. Yeah. So it's Cap, Iron Man, and Scott Lang, who's Ant-Man. And Hulk. Uh, and Hulk. Okay. Um, Hawkeye yeah. and Black Widow. In another team. Uh, and then is it just Thor and Rocket? Thor and Rocket, yes. On and another then, team. And then and Nebula. The last one is Nebula and War Machine. And War Machine. Okay. So, yeah, they all basically just go back in time to get the stone. Like, what did you... I found this part of the movie the most... I found this to be the weakest part of the entire movie. That entire middle part of them trying to get the stones. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really care for it. You know, I thought the coolest part, though, was when Tony, you know, Bruce Banner and, you know, Steve Rogers, they they go to the Battle of New York. I thought that was awesome. Um, mm. OK, well, I liked it. I liked this section a lot. I'm going to go team by team real quick. Go for it. I thought that the OK, so in New York, we have again, we have Scott Lang. We have uh, Iron Man, Captain America, and Hulk. They're going after. They went back to 2012 during the during the events of Avengers One uh, to get the Mind Stone and the Space Stone. And so I think that the way they did it was pretty cool. I think there were a lot of cool moments in this like stretch of things. Um, particularly the scene when Captain America goes into the elevator with the um, old shield slash hydra agents and it's setting up a recreation of the winter soldier elevator scene when captain america tells them to hand over the scepter that he's going to be taking it from here on out and then they're kind of like don't believe him they're like something is fishy going on here mm-hmm. and then he whispers hail hydra that was a good scene i liked um, that that i thought that was i thought i thought that was really clever and it was a clever nod to winter soldier and all the events and i think it also shows like just how far captain America has come mm-hmm. and it shows, you know, that he's not just the strength, but he's also like a genuinely smart dude. He has, a, he's, he's, he's a clever man. That was one of the highlights of the movie in general for me. Um, and then you have the whole, uh, that the whole America's ass exchange was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the Captain America 1v1 was really cool. I thought that fight scene was really well done. Although older Cap got his ass kicked. I don't know if you noticed that younger Cap really had him really really give him a run a run for his money. He had that fight one. Yeah, and then he also has that scene that he's like, oh, like I I could do this all day. How he's I I know. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was um, I thought that was like the perfect way to kind of reference that and ha- still have it present in this movie. And I think it, I think it also shows like Captain America, not he's not the same Captain America like this. Like he doesn't play like. You know, we always, yeah, like we always do Captain America is like, oh, playing by the rules, like being fair and honest. And, and this cap is kind of like, no, like you just kind of have to do like what's right. Like it doesn't matter. Like, like, yeah, like you see him change as a character. Um, he's not a boy scout anymore. I agree. Yep. And, um, this scene also, I think is, does right what, Batman versus Superman did wrong um in the sense of like bringing a realization to another character um 
Although I know it works a little differently in terms of like narrative and what's happening. So in this mm-hmm. movie, like in this particular scene, you have current Captain America being choked out by older Captain America. And in order to get Captain America to let go, older Cap says something like, oh, Bucky's still alive. Yeah. Um, in which the older Captain America is kind of like taken aback and he kind of loosens his grip just a little bit, but it's enough to kind of let older Cap get the scepter and kind of, you know, put him to sleep. When you compare that to what happens in Batman versus Superman, where Batman is just like, he just says like, oh, Martha. Or Superman, I'm sorry, <laughs> says Martha. Yeah. And Batman's like, well, why'd you say that name? You know, you know, you could just see the differences in how they were done. But I thought that whole New York scene was pretty cool. I thought the scenes that they reconstructed from Avengers 1 and what they added to it um, is going to make Avengers 1 a little more interesting on rewatch. Now that we know, like, the events that happen immediately after the uh, Avengers 1 ends. Now that we know what actually happened. Yeah. So we I also see whole... Loki. Yeah. 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 Sets up his uh, TV show now. Loki has the space stone and he disappears in Avengers yeah. One timeline. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right about setting up his TV show. I think it, like his TV show is going to be focused on that for sure. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. So then they leave with only the Mind Stone because Loki has left with the space stone. So Cap and Tony realize that they have to go further back in time to get the space stone, which is in seventy. I think 1970, like yeah. on the dot. Yeah, yeah, 1970, which is, was it a S.H.I.E.L.D. lab? I think it was like one of the earliest S.H.I.E.L.D. labs. Yeah, um, I'm going to assume it was a S.H.I.E.L.D. lab, and that's where he meets his dad. Yeah, you know. that's that's where Tony meets his dad, and, um, and I, I really like that that confrontation. I thought it was really well done, and I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty powerful. We also have Cap have that confrontation with, with is it Peggy? Yeah, right? Yeah, Peggy. Yeah, um, yeah we see him, you know, see her for the first time in a while and that also foreshadows what ends up happening yeah it sets up a lot actually down the line <laughs> but i thought that whole scene was pretty cool and it, I, I like how hank pym is also involved oh uh, that's working really on the first iron man suit and the very first pym particles first ant-man suit you mean yeah yeah what'd <laughs> i say iron man suit oh yeah the first ant-man suit and um mm-hmm. setting up the whole pym particles and all that stuff so all yeah. in all i thought that scene was pretty well done I thought the scenes with uh, Thor and Rocket on Asgard were also well done, particularly the scenes with Thor and his mother. Okay, but one thing about that whole sequence, how much money did Natalie Portman make for that scene? I don't think she actually acted. I think those were... That was from Thor The Dark World? I think so. Okay, because I was thinking, like, God... She was at the premiere. She's also, like, So I don't know, actually. That's what I wonder. But anyway, okay, yeah, we see that scene of, um, and he basically, that's where basically he, you know, he has his redemption in a way that he finds out that, or maybe he comes, it's his closure. He also comes to the realization that maybe he's not supposed to be a leader, you know? Yeah, 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 you're right about that, actually. This is when he realizes, maybe I'm not suited to, my my strengths are not suited to be king of Asgard. I would be better off somewhere else. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously is what ends up happening at the end of the movie when he names Valkyrie Queen of Asgard, and then he stays kind of doing what he was doing before, kind of like protector of the realm. So I thought that I thought that scene was really, really well done, and I think it, it sets up a lot for Thor. And I th- I'm honestly really hope that there's more Thor movies down the line because I think as a character, I think this is the most interesting his character has ever been with Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame. And now I guess Guardians three, I guess he's gonna yeah. be in Guardians three now. Um, it's looking like it. If that te- if what was teased at the end of Endgame happens, but yeah, I thought that whole scene um, back when they go to Thor two was really well done. I thought it was handled in a nice way, especially with uh, confrontation with Frigga. Mm-hmm. So then we go to War Machine and Nebula, mm-hmm. and you said you didn't really care about about I- them and their dialogue together and all that. But I think Nebula was one of like the like the underrated like the most underrated character in this. I think Nebula was really really well written in this, um, especially uh, with her confronting past Nebula. Because yeah, it really well, puts she, in perspective like how far she's come as a character. It also shows that she's kind of also the reason why their plan almost failed because her 
memories were also. But it's not really her. You're making it. It's seem not like her it. fault. No, it's not her fault. But because she's also like half robot, basically, right? Yeah, she's like half cyborg. Yeah. So. But shows how. Yeah. I mean, I guess, that but. But as a character, she was really interesting. And then you have obviously the scene on Vormir with Black Widow and and Hawkeye. Um, and I thought that scene was really well done. Um, I thought it was almost as w- well done as the f- first time we go to Vormir on Infinity War. And I, th- I, th- I think this one was a little heavier. We literally have two people fighting over who is going to kill themselves and sacrifice themselves for the greater good. Yeah, and- but I, f- I feel like, I'm not going to say it was obvious, but I was kind of like, I, I think it's kind of obvious that Black Widow is going to be the one that dies here. Really, I disagree because she has nothing. She has nothing except her own solo movie. Yeah, it's gonna be a prequel though. <laughs> I know, but still, like, I, I didn't think that they would kill her off when they were setting up her own movie. Yeah. So they had that scene, uh, like, of them, like, you know, trying to stop each other mm-hmm. uh, from killing themselves, and then eventually, Black Widow is the one to sacrifice herself, and uh, it was pretty heavy. Um, that scene honestly hit me pretty hard because that was the first death that we see in the movie, besides Thanos, obviously, but it's the first yeah. like meaningful death that we yeah. see. Um, so then Hawkeye gets the Soul Stone, and all of our heroes return back to the Avengers facility, and it's basically established here that. Well, actually, you forgot to point out that uh, it's not our Nebula; it's the twenty. 20- 14 oh, yeah. Nebula? Is it 2014 Nebula? Yeah, the, the current Nebula was captured by Thanos and kind of has her, not prisoner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much prisoner. And then um, she, he sends like 2014 Nebula back to the Avengers facility because he learns that the Avengers are trying to stop whatever future Thanos did. Yeah. And I want to talk about that when we talk about the third act, particularly about Thanos in this movie. Mm-hmm. But um, so whatever we come back to Avengers facility, and old Nebula kind of puts in like I guess like the coordinates or whatever when the rest of the Avengers leave to kind of bring in Thanos' ship to the present it's, day, yeah. with so, the whatever pin particles that she had. Mm-hmm. So well, we find it, yeah. So they finally make a gauntlet. What is that like a? Oh, I don't even know what you call that gauntlet to be like honest. A Stark gauntlet. The Tony like Stark, Stark gauntlet, gauntlet like hold the six stones. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of discussing who should do it. And then Hulk is kind of like, okay, I'll, I'm the strongest one out of all of you guys here. And then whatever. Hulk puts on the gauntlet. And after struggling for a while, it burns the right side of his body and kind of leaves him injured. He does snap. Uh, however, Brings everyone back. Well, we don't see anything yet. Well, it, it's assumed that everyone is back because for some reason the birds are, <laughs> are the what The birds are back, but we don't have any interaction with the Avengers who are snapped in Infinity War. They do not come into the plot yet. Yeah. So we know that they have returned, but like it's kind of almost like in passing. Yeah, and then but that scene where Nebula brings back Thanos' ship once the snap happens, and then it just (laughs) Yeah, it gets real. Slaughters them. Yeah, it gets it gets real. Thanos just completely destroys the Avengers facility, which it's pretty convenient how everyone survived that explosion because that shit looked <laughs> that shit looked yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, what you it's know. A it's, yeah, um, I did like that scene though where Thanos, you know, he gets out there and he's kind of like, okay, go get the gauntlet for me now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting. And, on, he just sits on the rubble and he sends like his he sends Nebula to go get it. Yeah, but that scene where he's just sitting there in the confrontation with Thor, uh, Cap, and, you know, Tony Stark, Iron Man, that scene is, this is when the movie, I think, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it's its strongest point, but it gets, I don't know, this is like, this is what we were waiting for, you know? I also thought the scene between past Gamora and current Nebula was really powerful when Gamora says, when Gamora's asking Future Nebula, oh, what happens to us in the future? And then she's like, oh, I tried to kill you, but we become sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that scene was was really well done, and I thought that moment in particular was pretty powerful because it's almost like the roles have reversed from where it's yeah. Gamora who's trying to reach out to Nebula, and now it's Nebula and Gamora. 
mm-hmm. hey, we're sisters, like we love each other. And I think that's what kind of makes Komora switch sides for this battle. Um, and then, you know, you have the whole scene with Hawkeye running away from the Outriders with the gauntlet. And then he gets stopped by old Gamora. I mean, I'm sorry, by old Nebula, 2014 Nebula. Mm-hmm. And then you have the little like Mexican standoff between current Nebula, old Gamora, and old Nebula. And then old Nebula, I mean, current Nebula just fucking kills herself, even though she doesn't really die, but she kills. Yeah, because of the rules. Yeah, because, yeah, of the... because the rules have already been established. Yeah. Even though it does get kind of confusing. But <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, so old Nebula dies. And as a character moment, it was pretty cool seeing like Nebula f- metaphorically and literally yeah, kill her. That's not who she her, is anymore. Yeah, yeah, killing her past self. Like you said, that's not who she is anymore. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought it was, it was well done. Yeah. There's cheesier ways to do it. Yeah. But going back to like the main like battle with Thanos, you know, Captain America, Iron Man and Thor. When you see Thor get his little moment again of like, you know, we have Thor in his moment with, you know, an infinity war when he pops up and he saves the day. And now we have Thor again, pop up and he, does he become the God of thunder? Like, I don't, I don't like, (laughs) like, what do you mean? Or what does he become? Like when he gets all decked out in his armor, like, is it's there the a name? Thing. Oh, I didn't know if there was like a specific name for no, it or no, something. No, just... Okay. But remember, like, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought he looks like a badass, in my opinion. Oh no, yeah, super badass. Um, but I take okay because in Infinity War, Thor mops up Thanos. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, Thor's fat now, <laughs> and obviously, like plot reasons, Thor already had his moment, like you said, in Infinity War. So it's time to let other other characters shine um particularly captain america but i don't want to rush into that uh, we'll talk about that in a moment but the lead up into thanos and this final confrontation with thanos i thought was really really well done um and i saw on on reddit and i had a friend send it to me how thanos from infinity war and thanos from endgame almost feel like two completely different characters because, oh, because they are. Yeah, because they are, literally. And he has no idea who they are. Like, I'm pretty sure he references that too. Like He doesn't. He he doesn't know who they are, actually. And then because in Infinity War, you have a Thanos who by the end of the movie was I don't want to say sympathetic, but he yeah. had already gone through the pain of losing Gamora. He had lost the Chitari. Uh, he lost the Black Order, but particularly Gamora. And it kind of, I don't want to say molded him, but it made him just generally more, yeah, like sympathetic mm-hmm. um, towards like the life and the mission that he is setting out to create. But once, but past Thanos, this is before he really lost anything. He doesn't care. Like, Yeah, he doesn't. He, he know like past Thanos, the Thanos in Endgame, saw future Thanos technically succeed but, but realize oh he failed realize that he failed in that his plan was flawed and he says it in this movie that he can't just he sees now that he can't just half the world because the half that remembers how the world was before will always try to stand up and try to redo what he did so he says i'm just gonna start over again yeah i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna kill all of you guys and just start from scratch um yeah which we're being honest probably should have been his plan to begin with but um because he would have won just flat out the the thanos and affinity war won if we're being Mm -hmm. completely honest he beat the avengers yeah he snapped destroyed the stones there was nothing the avengers could have done but it's cool how how they, they really do feel like almost two different villains entirely and even in their personalities the thanos and and endgame is much rash yeah it's much more headstrong I feel yeah, like he's, he's a lot he's stronger. He's more rational, I guess you would say. As <laughs> like, I wouldn't he, say rational. He just seems more. He has a plan, and he's gonna stick to it. Oh, he's gonna, he's changing that plan now. Oh well, that's this old Thanos. I'm talking about Infinity War Thanos. Oh, like, okay, 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 okay. I thought you were talking um, about old Thanos. Yeah, but but that fight between the three of them, you know, that was an awesome fight, in my opinion. Yeah. And that then we finally, fight. we finally get that scene where you see, you know, Captain America wield, you know, Thor's hammer, 
and you hear Thor in the background, like he's screaming, like, "Oh, I knew, I knew you were worthy. I knew he was worthy." Yeah, um, that honestly, that's probably the highlight of the movie for me, if I'm being honest. Really? Yeah, that whole that whole one on one with uh, Captain America and Thanos, where Cap has a shield and the hammer. Uh, that scene that was, was awesome. Yeah, that was that was pretty badass. That scene, that was, scene was incredible, and really that whole. F- like three on one fight scene was really had a lot of cool moments. Like you had um Thor kind of power up Tony's suit for like like this big cannon that just kind of like fucks up Thanos. You had uh Thor dual wielding Stormbreaker and the hammer, and he hits the hammer like a bat into Thanos. Or like oh yeah, the one the one shot that I found like the best. I already know what you're gonna say. Uh, you probably do. Well, maybe. Uh, when it was just Captain America and Thanos, and Thanos breaks Captain America's shield, um, and it's just that scene of Captain America just against Thanos and like the rest of his army that's coming. Yep. And you just see him tighten up his, you know, he tightens up his shield just because like that's who he is. He's not gonna give up. <clears throat> Damn, my voice cracked. Wow. Oh uh, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not gonna give up. And then you just see all the portals start opening. Yeah, and, then that's, and uh, that's when he finally he finally says Avengers Assemble. I think that scene of Captain America standing up against not just Thanos but his entire army, like I I would honestly purchase a poster of that. Like yeah. if they sold it, I would I would purchase that. And I think that's a wonderful nod. Are you familiar with the comic? Like this storyline in the comics? So I mean, I I read Infinity Gauntlet. So I don't know if that's still it's really not, but yeah, what were you going to say? So I think that this moment is a perfect nod to what happens in the comics, where in the comics, Captain America walks up to Thanos and he has a really famous line where he tells Thanos, um, as long as one man stands against you, uh, you can never claim victory. Mm-hmm. And that's when Thanos kills him in the comics, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. But I think this shot was a perfect way of conveying that message without saying those words, because it's literally one man standing against Thanos and his army and you have yeah. the sun you have the sun kind of like kind of shining on Captain America through like the rubble and through the, the dark skies. Um and then it seems like all is lost and then you hear faintly on the comms. And at first I really couldn't pick up who that was. I honestly thought it was Hawkeye. Like kind of telling Captain America that they have the, the gauntlet or something. Yeah. But then I heard Sam. Like I heard the name Sam. Yeah. And then I was like, oh shit. And then yeah. you have the line on your left. And then the portal opens up and Sam flies through. And my theater lost it. My theater went my theater was I'm gonna go ahead and say this was probably the best theater going experience I've ever had. Really? Yeah, my theater was super into the movie. But not like in the distracting sort of way. Where they reacted at things that they should have reacted at. My theater was doing that at points. I don't mind it on opening weekend because I'm there for the hype. If I'm watching it like past I am too. Weekend, I expect the theater to be quiet. I am too, but there was points where like in my theater, like there was dialogue being spoken and people were like cheering and like, it's like, yo, like guys, like they're, they're talking like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Like during the part when Spider-Man came out on screen, oh, like I literally yeah. couldn't hear I on, couldn't hear you. Yeah. said, I literally could not hear anything from how loud my theater was. Same thing with Black Panther. Yeah. But um, I mean, I was cheering too. I'm not gonna lie. Like, oh like, yeah, same. Like the scene was that scene was incredible with all the portals opening up and everyone mm-hmm. coming through. Um, literally, literally everybody. Um, and then after eleven years of waiting, eleven years of buildup, they finally dropped the Avengers Assemble line. And yeah, it couldn't have been any more perfect. And I'm glad that Joss Whedon didn't use that line before. He teased it, but I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I remember complaining about it the first time I saw the older Avengers, but I'm so glad that they that they stuck to it. And they didn't say it until now because it was so much more earned. I don't want to say earned, but it was it hit way harder now that literally all the Avengers were together. Yeah, for sure. And then you have sure. the that huge battle between Thanos's army and the Avengers mm-hmm. and all that. Um, and I just want to talk about bits and pieces of this battle because I think there's some things that, that are pretty notable. Um, 
Scarlet Witch almost soloed Thanos. She almost like completely obliterated him one v one. Yeah, yeah. Like he like... literally had to call. Like he literally had to like call like that huge missile strike to kill like half his troops just to kind of get Scarlet Witch off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is right after we see Thanos one v one almost every other Avenger, and when he beats Captain America mm-hmm. with the shield and the hammer. He beats Thor, who was dual wielding. He beats Iron Man. He literally beats everyone that he fights in this movie. And then Scarlet Witch almost makes it look so easy. So she like she's come a long way, and it really shows yeah. like just how powerful she is. And then you kind of have Doctor Strange, who was taken out of the fight to mm-hmm. kind of like stop the water from rushing in and like ruining yeah. everyone. But I yeah. understand why they did it because can you imagine if Doctor Strange had fought? It would have been- <laughs> been game over way quicker yeah and then we have that scene where cap uh not captain america where iron man you know he's talking to him are we is this like is this like are we gonna win and he's like if i tell you it's not gonna happen yeah and And i feel like that clearly is foreshadowing what eventually happens to tony stark oh absolutely and then you have the scene with uh when captain marvel comes back and if i'm being completely honest i I hated that i hated that scene so i i do not like captain marvel i find captain marvel to be such a filler character and such a bland and pointless character. I do not like her character at all. She is so overpowered that it's like the Superman problem. Like she literally just shows up and destroys Thanos' ship. Like she literally cuts through it <laughs> like with ease. You get what I mean? Like so it I just don't like her character cuz she's unstoppable. <laughs> like yeah. there's no like she fights Thanos while he has the gauntlet. I mean he he wrecks her though. It yeah, I know, but still like it's just I don't like her character. It's just I don't know. I just don't like the character. I just I mean, feel like it's a very pointless character for this movie. I mean, a lot of people share the same opinion as um I like, don't necessarily agree. Yeah. I mean, I I can see where you're coming from and your complaint is valid. I don't know how I, f- I I like her. I like Brie Larson, but you're kind of right in some in some aspects. <laughs> like, that's just that ain't it. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just. I think if her solo movie had been just a little bit better, mm-hmm. and had a, a little bit more personality, because as a movie, it was just like from a directing standpoint and a writing standpoint, it had no. Yeah, um, it was just. It, it was just so like filler. Now I'm gonna ask you a question. That scene with all the the female heroes. What about it? <laughs> Did I like it? <sighs> I just feel like it was very. That was just fan service. Fan service in a in a bad way. Like I feel like they put that in just because they've Marvel has gotten so many complaints about not having female superhero led movies and all this and i don't know like i feel like they kind of just threw that in there to be like you know what i mean i feel like their intention i feel like their intent wasn't genuine so that's why i kind of just eh, that's how i feel about it i I liked it i cheered but it was kind of just like eh, like i don't know i question i question whether it was a genuine like i don't know that's that's it i completely agree with what you're saying um I can see very clearly what they were trying to do and what message they were trying to convey. However, I think that the way that they went about it was kind of cringy, to be honest. Like, I think that whole scene was kind of cringy and super on the nose. Yeah. Um, And it was cool in the moment, but when you think back on it, I qu- like you said, I question its authenticity and I was talking to a friend about it, um, and he he brought up a good point. Can you imagine if it had been done just a little differently? Where let's say like a hero, one of the the female heroes who don't really have a lot of power, like Shuri, for example, tried to stand up against like one of Thanos's like big henchmen, yeah. and then she has multiple of the female heroes come and save her. Not well, not save her, but come and help her and back her up. Like yeah. it would feel a little bit more organic. Mm-hmm. And I think it just would have made the scene um, a little more authentic. Yeah, I mean, but that was one of the that was one of 
not my bigger complaints about the movie because it's not like that huge of an issue where like, I can made or break the movie. There was yeah. one scene that did take me out of it. Kind of like how the Fortnite scene did. Yeah. So, um, I mean, okay, wait. So after that scene, basically, is that the, is that the scene where the where Thanos ends up getting the gauntlet? Like right after that? Um, I think it's like a little bit after that. Thanos basically ends up getting the gauntlet. Captain Marvel tries to stop him and okay, he basically okay. wrecks Captain Marvel with the Power Stone. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when Tony. That's when Tony and Doctor Strange, kind of like Tony looks at Doctor Strange and he's like, "Yo, one. doesn't look like we're gonna win." And then he puts up the one. Doctor yeah. Strange put up his finger. To me, I think Tony knew what he had to do to yeah to win, yeah. and I think it brings Tony's character arc to a close. Well, as you know, Tony Stark stops Thanos from snapping. And it's revealed that he has the gems. And, well, Thanos is about to snap and he says, I am inevitable. And he snaps and it doesn't work. And it's revealed that Tony has the gems and he made his own gauntlet, like on his own Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. And then Tony responds with, I am Iron Man. And then does snaps. The snap. yeah. And then Thanos and his army, mm-hmm. you know, turns to dust, which yeah. is really poetic. That whole scene is just really poetic. It starts with I am Iron Man, ends with I am Iron Man. Beautiful. Yeah. And I think it does a wonderful job of bringing Tony's character arc to a close um, in the sense that he is he started as a selfish billionaire playboy philanthropist and ended with him making the ultimate sacrifice to protect the universe, where he is the ultimate hero. Yeah. Uh, where, whereas from Iron Man, it's set up that he only goes and cares out for himself. And this movie... This saga ends with him being the most, I don't want to say the most selfless because you have Captain America, but he, his turnaround is so profound. It's just so, it's incredible to see how it, how far he's come throughout the course of these movies. Yeah. And then we see kind of like a reverse of when he's just, you know, cause the gauntlet obviously takes a lot out of you and it kills you basically like it could kill you. Um, it, it has that scene of him and Spider-Man. And he's like, oh, we won, we won. Like, it's kind of like a reverse of what happened in Infinity War. When, um, when Tony is comforting Peter as Peter's being yeah. abducted. Yeah, exactly. Peter's kind of trying to comfort Tony as he's yeah. very obviously dying. Yeah. And, and then you have the Pepper, Pepper line. Oh, what does she tell him? She tells like, him a couple things. She's like, you can rest now. Yeah, you can. Last. Yeah, she's like, We're, we'll be okay. Like, you could rest now. Yeah. Damn, bro. And... And he's gone. Then we have his funeral. I, I wasn't expecting it. It's just then, the funeral with yeah, the Tony the proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Oh man! Another callback, but I think what really did me in was when Happy asks uh, Morgan, which is Tony Stark's daughter, um, like if she's hungry, what she wants to eat. She says that she wants cheeseburgers. Yeah. And then uh, Happy's like, "Oh, uh, your father loves cheeseburgers. I got you all the cheeseburgers you want." Yeah, another call back to Iron Man one. Yeah, when he when they first get him, and he's like, "I want a cheeseburger." Like, <laughs> and to me, it almost felt like John Favreau, who plays Happy, uh, who is the director of Iron Man one and two, when he kind of gets emotional during that scene. To me, it almost felt like it was genuine. Yeah, and the emotions on his face were real because he started this. This is his baby just as much as Kevin Feige's because John Favreau fought for Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He did not want anyone else but RDJ to play Iron Man. And he really helped craft what became this universe. And he has played a huge role in it. Not only as a director, but as an actor because he's in Homecoming. He's in, um, obviously, he's in Endgame. He's in all the Iron Mans. He's a pretty big, he has a pretty decent role in Iron Man 3 also, even though he didn't direct it. But it felt like his his emotions were genuine um, in the end. Yeah, and then at Tony's funeral, you know, we see all, all the heroes, you know, all lined up. We even see the kid from Iron Man, Iron Man 3. Yeah, I thought, that was a re- I thought that was a really neat callback. That kid's pretty yeah. important in Tony Stark's life. Yeah, exactly. And he's much older now, so. Yeah, and then, yeah, you have all the heroes mourning, passing. Um, and then you have Captain America on his way to go return the stones. Uh, yeah. 
which is Hulk, Steve, Bucky, and Sam. Sam is saying his farewells, and Bucky and Steve have a callback to Cap 1, where um, Captain America tells Bucky, don't do anything stupid. And Bucky tells him, how could I? You're taking all this with you. Which is, those exact lines of dialogue were said in Captain America 1 before Bucky goes off on his mission and presumably, presumably dies. But... Yeah. Did you uh, did you think that was going to happen with Captain America? No, actually, I did not. I thought Captain America was going to be the one to die in this really? movie. I thought but, Cap and Iron Man were going to die. But, okay, so in that scene, we see that Captain doesn't come back. And off in the distance, you know, we see an old man sitting on a bench. And... Surprise, it's Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, surprise. But, uh... It's, Damn, old, wow. it's old cap wow oh he does look a lot like clint eastwood <laughs> yeah though. i know now that i'm thinking about it wow yeah he... like i legitimately <laughs> thought like when they brought like when they brought old cap in and when they showed him for a split second in my brain i was literally like holy shit they got clint eastwood <laughs> as captain america like old captain america but then like once it's settled in like okay it's very clearly like chris <laughs> evans but just yeah. aged yeah dude he looks exactly like clint eastwood bro <laughs> But yeah, and then we get the scene of Dade. Dade back. He gives the shield to Sam. So Sam is now the next Captain America. You know, they shake hands and you see him with the ring on. And then I think Sam asks him, he's like, oh, are you going to tell me about it? He like responds, he's like, no, I'm not. But uh, we know, well, because it was shown to us at the very end, but he stayed back with Peggy. Yeah. Um, and I, had, I know a lot of people were confused about like how it makes sense the way i interpreted it was that he went back in time like after returning all the stones um to stay with peggy and um, okay. like grow old with her it just made another timeline it just made another timeline and then he went back to this reality with the pin particles exactly yeah uh, but, but he just stayed old he wanted to live his life he retired he, he had nothing else to fight for and he exactly and he earned it his battle was won he already won his battle, the battle that he was destined to win or to fight in. Um, it was time to hang up the shield and, and to pass it down. But it's yeah. interesting thinking about that scene where I think Bucky very clearly knew what Steel was going to do. Yeah, he clearly knew. He it, clearly It was knew. very clearly, the whole don't do anything stupid was very clearly a goodbye, man. Like, I'm never going to see you young again. Like, I hope, not, not I hope you know what you're doing. Like, I trust in you that you know what you're doing. Yeah. It was very clearly a goodbye. Like, he knew beforehand what Steve was going to do. Yeah. And it was really powerful. And I, th- I think going into this movie, I was very firmly on the, I think Captain America should die. I thought I was very firmly, like, on that train. I was on that hill. But after watching Endgame, I'm glad that they kept him alive and gave him they the gave him his proper happy ending. ending. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously the movie closes with him and Peggy dancing to the mm. same song that's played in Winter Soldier. But all in all, like, I thought as a bookend, Endgame was about as perfect as it could get. It wasn't so much a good... I, and I know a lot of people were saying it didn't feel like because it, it's not really a goodbye because Marvel's going to continue making movies for a lot of these characters. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a perfect end to the original six Avengers because two are dead. One is old. And the other two, well, two are retired. And then the other one is just kind of doing what he usually does, like off protecting the realm. Yeah. So there are no more original six Avengers. The Avengers mantle is going to be passed down completely. Yeah, basically. At the very end, I don't know if you heard it, you hear that, you hear the hammer like that clink or the cl- you know you hear that from hammer iron one. from iron man one so you know it's come full it, circle exactly and i'm glad they didn't have any post-credit scenes because i oh, think yeah. this serves perfectly yeah. as an ending and i think it would, if like they would the have infinity saga is over exactly and i think if they would have teased something else it would have it would have kind of like put a damper on the fact that this is an end supposed to be an ending mm-hmm, for sure for sure. Uh, all in all, this is a huge achievement in filmmaking. Something that we might never see again. 
and I'm just glad that that we were here to witness it. In all honesty. Yeah. Like. Oh. Yeah. I plan on seeing it again soon. Oh, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, and if just... I'm being honest, there's so many more stories that they can tell now. I think it's just going to be just as interesting because the Infinity Saga, if not more, because now they yeah. have their full arsenal at their disposal. It's 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 amazing that this was able to be like achieved. It's it's, it's amazing it's, that it happened, man. Yeah, like it's just yeah. It's like I don't really have a lot of words. Like we'll truly never see anything like this again. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, anything uh, else you have to say or? Um. Uh, no, I think we pretty much uh hit everything. Okay. What about you? So, you have anything? I mean, other than. I'm happy the way it ended. Nope, that's that's pretty much it, you know. So that well, concludes the podcast, I would say. Yeah, that's it for uh, this episode of um, Backlot Review. But what are we going to be talking about next week? I don't know. I mean, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. Um, I don't know. We need to see what movie comes out. I don't think, next I don't week. think there's anything big. Oh no, Detective Pikachu is the week after. Okay, hmm. so tune in next week for a discussion on. Uh, Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 4. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be coming out next week. And then after that, we're going to have another Game of Thrones discussion and uh, Detective Pikachu, because I'm going to make Nick watch uh, Detective Pikachu. I want to see Detective Pikachu. Me too, honestly. I'm honestly, actually really, really excited. For I'm very excited for Detective Pikachu. It looks better than Sonic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Don't Sonic even... looks terrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's a discussion for another time. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, follow us on Twitter at Inside Backlot. And um, download the rest of our podcasts on iTunes and Spotify at um, Inside the Backlot. And make sure to uh, subscribe and rate, please. We would um, really appreciate it.